podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, you are watching Stewie's Wrestling Podcast with your main man, Mr. Stevie Ray. And if I come through the show, everybody needs to come through the show. Now, can you dig it? You're listening to Stew's Wrestling Podcast, established 2019. Direct from the North Wales coast, his verbal skills definitely outweigh his wrestling ability. It's time for British Wrestling's Sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer. Welcome to episode 47 of Shoes Wrestling Podcast. And my guest today is former WWE superstar James Ellsworth. We talk about James starting out many, many years ago training under Axel Rotten. Great stories there to hear. We also talk about some of the legends he's faced over the years, and there's quite the list. His time in WWE, the famous match with Braun Strowman, and the famous sentence he came out with, which ultimately got him booked for a long, long time. Working angles with AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, aka John Moxley, telling him how to do his taxes, and the really, really successful and great angle he worked with Carmella, in turn winning her the money in the bank. We come away from his wrestling career and we talk about him being a promoter for Adrenaline Championship Wrestling. So James has covered all bases in the wrestling game and you'll get to hear about all this and more. So without further ado, my guest, former WWE wrestler, Mr. James Ellsworth, episode 47 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast. Enjoy. Right, a warm welcome to my guest this evening, this afternoon, all the way from Baltimore, Maryland, it's James Ellsworth. What's up, man? Glad to be here. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you, man. Much appreciated. How's it, how's it been during the pandemic for you, James, you and the family? Oh, everybody's good. I like to call it the pandemic because it's just so damn annoying uh, it's taken all of our fun away from us, our sports, our entertainment, like all the cool stuff is just gone because of it. So hopefully it'll clear up soon and we'll be back to normal. That's cool. That's cool. Right. I asked this question. This is always my first one, uh, no matter who the guest is. And it's when did you first start watching pro wrestling? Man, I've been watching wrestling since I can remember, I guess, four or five years old. Whenever my memory started, I remember watching wrestling, seeing Ricky Morton in like 1988. Cool. And NWA, man, yeah? Yeah, and yeah, Ultimate Warrior for WWF. Uh, 1998 was probably the year I started watching wrestling at four years old. Uh, it's just crazy that I can remember that far back, but I remember going to a house show where Macho Man and DiBiase was the main event for the title, so that had to be 80-80, I would think. Yeah, man. Yeah, just thinking thinking to when they were, obviously, when they had the match at Mania, it will be, yeah, yeah 88, man. <laughs> The good, the good old days, the good old days. Um, obviously, extending off that, you've named some of the guys you liked. Whichever guys stood out for you when you were a kid? Man, you know, when I was that young, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, the Rock and Roll Express, the Ultimate Warrior, I just, you know, like yeah. I just said, Macho Man, um, Mr. Perfect. Even as a kid, I liked the heels a lot. Like Mr. Perfect <laughs> and Rick Rude and like then – on WCW, I, like, I was scared, petrified of Vader. Obviously, he was early 90s. Harley Race, like, I don't know. Um, I really liked the heels back then. Like, Hulk Hogan, anytime he faced a heel when I was a kid, I wanted the heel to win. Yeah. Like, when the, under, when the Undertaker beat him at Survivor Series, I was, a st- 1991, I was ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, did, did you feel he was going to beat him that night? Well, what I, when you're, you know, 
seven, I guess at that point, I was seven years old. Uh, like, I thought The Undertaker was like Michael Myers or Jason. Like, <laughs> I didn't think anybody could stop him. So I thought he had a good chance of beating The Undertaker, and I was so happy when he did. <laughs> it was so cool. That's cool, man. That's cool. You've been watching it. You, obviously, I was born in 86, so uh, I, I began watching it in 1990 over here on Sky Sports. So, yeah, you got you got a few years on me, man, to be fair. Um, yeah, not too bad. I was born in 84, so I'm not, not too many years on you. <laughs> uh, just to fast forward a bit now, James, it's about when did you start training wrestling? And I've read up, obviously, you trained under Axel Rotten. So, yeah, just to tell us how training was, your experience when you first started out. Well, it was crazy, man. I graduated when I was 17 years old, and that was on a Saturday. I graduated June 1st, 2002. And then that Tuesday, um, that four days later, I started wrestling. I started training at 17 years old, went to wrestling school. It's called Bone Breakers here in Baltimore. Axel was a part of it. Um, and then Axel kind of like, they had a, he had a falling out with that school. And that school, um, when I went to it, only lasted like a year. And then it was, that was like 2003, that school um, folded. And then I winded up hooking up again with Axel three years later. And I had been wrestling on the indies trying to figure it out myself and listen to the right people and all that. But like three years later, I, Axel and I found each other again. And he took me on the road and um, wow. basically retrained me. And, and it taught me so much. Like, I, that's why I always you know, praise him for my training because I learned the most from him for sure. What did you, what did you take away? Like what, what sort of, what stuff did he give you in your tool belt, Axel, that you took away with you in your, as a wrestler? Well, it's crazy because people like, they remember Axel Rotten as a hardcore guy and that's what he's popular. That's what made him popular, the hardcore stuff. But man, he, he was, he wrestled in the territories and like Memphis with Waller and like early WCW. So he, he was really a good worker in the ring, and he always taught me, like, slow down, less is more, make every little thing mean something. And, man, like, a guy like Randy Orton, that, that's what he does. He, he makes every little thing mean something. Randy Orton's the best in the game right now. And, uh, but Axel would, I mean, he would beat that in my head. And uh, he's like, you could do a million flips, and it, sure, it's cool and it's impressive, and people clap for it, but they're clapping for the flip not clapping for your character or you telling a story. They're clapping because you did a backflip. And me being a smaller guy, that's all I wanted to do at first. Um, and then I, I stopped doing it because of him, and I started working on a character, and I started working on, you know, the little things like he was saying, making them mean something in, in the ring and in promos. And, man, like, eventually that's how I got a job. It's cause, and I'm glad he, he beat that in my head. Do you think, like, just fast-forwarding a little bit, I'll go back to the early days. Do you think people aren't selling? Modern, modern wrestlers in a match? Well, I think, selling, is that lost? I don't think it's lost completely. I, th I think there are people that still sell. And I, in, in my humble personal opinion, if you're not selling, no one's buying it. You know what I mean? So if you're taking a Canadian destroyer where you're literally getting flipped on your – pilot driven on your head, to me, that should be it, right? Like one, two, three, a ball game, it's over with. Like – and now it's just become like almost laughable because you see that move a lot and people are getting right up from it. And, uh, you know, it's like it just makes our job as performers and as wrestlers harder because if people expect you to get up from that, then you, you really have to, you know, go all out and, uh, you know, hurt each other more or uh, 
people to think it's over with. And uh, you know, that's and again, it's all based on opinion. Those are just my opinions. I I like I like modern wrestling. Obviously, I like the old school. I I I rate modern wrestling, but I just hear it a lot. People people aren't happy with modern wrestling, but it's different strokes for different folks, isn't it? I guess that's right. At, at the end of the day, if we were all thinking the same, it'd be pretty boring, I suppose. So. Well, I just think the storytelling's most important, and if you're you know selling's a big part of that. And I mean, if you look at the ratings, man, less people are watching wrestling now than they were a year ago, or two years ago, three years ago. For it's it continues to. Yeah, it sucks. Like less and less people keep watching every year, and you know, I think it's because the casual fan who might turn it on and see a guy get flipped on his head and doesn't watch wrestling much, he might go, "That's bull crap," and turn the channel. Again, just my opinions, but it, it's there's a reason why the ratings for every brand keep declining week to week. That's cool, man. That's cool. Going back to training, were there any noticeable guys training with you at the same time in the school and, and latterly in the school as well? Well, um, I think I'm the only one out of my class that, like, made a name for himself. But when I was training, like, Mickey James was on the Indies Wrestling. She trained at this school called Kaida Pro Wrestling. Joey Mercury as well. Um, he would come through the school and practice. Like, they would use our school for practice. And uh, so those two were there a lot, Joey Mercury and Mickey James. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, like, early on, she, her name was Alexis Lurie on the Indies, and his yeah. name was jo Joey Matthews. And, um, sorry about that. No, you're all right, man. Uh, Carry on. It's cool. And yeah. So yeah, they'd be at the school a lot. And Joey, man, he had such a great mind for wrestling. And, uh, I learned a lot from him when he would come up and practice and he was very smart. And that's why he, and later in, you know, his years, he became, um, an agent, like yeah, a man. very good producer. I was, uh, I was a fan when he was at Rollins. <laughs> oh yeah. Him and, uh, Jay and Jay, no, Jay and Jay comedy. Yeah. I think one of the most underrated tag teams of all time was um, Mercury and Nitro, yeah. uh, who later became Morrison. Mercury, Nitro, Molina, Eminem. That was one of that. I mean, they, you know, I guess they only were around maybe a year or two, but that that was an amazing tag team. And I, I think if they would have lasted longer, they would have been considered one of the greatest tag teams of all time. But when they got Jeff back with Matt, the matches with Eminem were, were incredible, as you say. You know, incredible, yeah. superb. I, yeah, I, I, I never thought that they under, yeah, they are underrated. I, I take your point, man. Absolutely. Well, I think there was that pay per view of, I think it was called Armageddon one year where Joey messed his face up in a ladder match oh. with the Hardys, like the ladder hit. Yeah. And I think after that, he just, you know, I don't think that tag team came back, um, too, you know, too big after that. I think that's what did it because they, they had a hell of a run and they were a great tag team. That was a great gimmick. And Molina obviously went on to become women's champion, and Morrison still, you know, he's back with the company now. So yeah, it's very, to me, that's a very underrated tag team. I really enjoyed when they were together. Back to you, Mister Ellsworth. When was your first match? Well, it's crazy. I just, I mean, I guess you could consider it my first match. I said it on the Jericho podcast. It was against Mickey James at a birthday party at the wrestling school. My first match in front of people might have been. 15 people there at his birthday party and uh, they maybe wear a mask because I was so young looking. I was only 17 and I remember uh, Mickey hitting me and the mask going sideways and I couldn't see her and I was falling all over the place. It was a disaster but it's crazy <laughs> how it came with my first actual like match in front of people. Which promotions did you enjoy working for in your early career? Which ones did you enjoy going to? 
Uh, but probably promotions most people don't know. I mean, obviously, um, they know, like, I work for CZW a little bit, um, you know, because Ruckus, I would, this, there's a wrestler by the name of Ruckus who I would travel around with a lot. So, other than that, man, there's, like, Maximum Championship Wrestling. They ran out of Delaware twice a month. It was Kaida Pro Wrestling who would run in Virginia and Pennsylvania twice a month. So, like, wrestling every weekend that early with, like, these, these two promotions, Kaida Pro Wrestling and Maximum Championship Wrestling, would run, like, you know, every other weekend. And so, like, one weekend I'd be in Virginia, next weekend I'd be in Delaware, then I'd be back in Virginia, then I'd be back in Delaware. So I was wrestling at a very young age every weekend, and um, that really helped a lot getting those reps and that experience. So I always bring those two promotions up um, because they gave me a lot of, you know, time in the ring time to uh, learn to craft and get better. Whichever guys you get in with there that you, like, remember fondly, which, which guys was it cool getting in there with? Oh, well, my indie days, I mean, notable guys that people like to hear. When I was on the indies, man, I used to, like, <laughs> get a kick out of wrestling guys I watch on TV like Tatanka or uh, Nikolai Volkov or Jake the Snake Roberts or the Sandman uh, Jerry Lawler like all these guys I wrestled before I got to WWE just on the indies like I always got a kick out of that wrestling guys that you know or Eugene or Alsto or just oh, there's so many of them Jimmy Snuka like that I wrestled, watched growing up and I was just wrestling with the indies it was a lot of fun cool man and you were known as Pretty Jimmy Dream as well, yeah? Back yeah, Pretty Jimmy Dream. Yeah. yeah. I, I had to get that in there. I had to ask you about that. Now, fast forwarding a little bit more, a lot of people obviously have research, but I listened to you on Jericho's when you were on there. You, you were a promoter, weren't you? Could you tell us about your time as a promoter? Well, yeah, I'm still promoting shows. Even when I was at WWE, like when my, if I had an off day on a Friday, I would try to uh, run a show. It was hilarious. Um... So it's a promotion called Adrenaline Championship Wrestling, adrenalinewrestling.com if you want to check it out. Um, we've been running since 2009. We're Maryland-based here in the States. Um, we also run Pennsylvania. We're going to be dipping into West Virginia as well. Um, yeah, we've been running since 2009. I've ran, I've ran personally over 100 wrestling shows. And, uh, like, yeah, I, you know, it took me a couple of years to really get used to it and become successful at it. But, man, now every time I run a show, they're profitable. Yeah, everyone gets paid. I bring in names all the time. I've, I've had, you name them, I've probably had them. I've had Bret Hart, Kurt Angle. I mean, it's just to name a few. And, um, yeah, man, we're still going to this day. Hopefully we'll get to run a show again soon. Obviously, we're not allowed right now, but um, I can't wait to get back at it. That's cool. That's cool, man. I was just going to say how, how it was promoting for you, obviously. You're saying about le learning about it initially. What Was it hard in the early times? Well, you know, I when I started promoting, I, I'd been wrestling almost 10 years. So I was just a wrestler, you know, and uh, I started promoting because there was this, you know, ACW uh, was ran by somebody else at first. And like, you know, they were just new to wrestling, didn't really understand, you know, and how could you? Wrestling's not just something you can get in and just do. But, you know, like you, you can't be a great promoter right away. You can't be a great wrestler right away. It's a very hard business to learn. So this guy, he was running the shows. He was losing money. He was booking too many guys. Like, on an indie show, you really shouldn't book more than 20 guys on your show, have more than, like, six to eight matches. And uh, this guy was booking 40 guys, having 11 matches, 12 matches. It was, the shows were going too long. He was paying too many people, losing money. So, I, you know, he um, sold the company to me, and I decided to give it a, a crack at it. And, you know, I started making money at it. Like, And it, it was hard at first because I was – 
and I never did it before. I was just new to it. When you're new to something, it takes time for you to become good at it. I think, you know, there's some exceptions to the rule, obviously, but most people takes time to get good at something. And, um, yeah, it was, I remember like, okay, I didn't get flyers, posters, yard signs, and, you know, doing all that, just thinking, how can I advertise and make, get the word out there to get people into the building. And, um, it, it took a year or two and then, you know, but now man, we're, we're 11 years strong and, uh, you know, we're doing very well. How many people are you, were you drawing obviously pre pre COVID? So, um, the average indie, I say in America, the average indie draws 200 people, right? So our last show, February 28th, a couple weeks before the pandemic, as I like to call it, not pandemic, pandemic, um, <laughs> we had over 700 people and it was called funny. The show was called funny equals money. You had James Ellsworth versus Gilbert. You had superhuman on the show, <laughs> Grim from Grimm's toy show, like all goofy characters. And, you know, I remember the internet's like a terrible place. People bad mouth at a show. Look, all these idiots on a show. This Nobody's going to go to this. And the building holds like 700 some people. And we had 700 some people there. So that was cool. <laughs> what would you think of Superhuman? In your personal opinion, James, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot a little bit. Hey, man, whatever works. Like people, obviously people like, you know who he is. I know you knew who he Absolutely. was. Absolutely. You do. So, like, to me, good for him. People know him. He's doing his thing. He's making money at it. I hope he doesn't hurt himself. Uh, that's I, the main, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually did a video with him where um, him and his buddies beat me up and put me through a table just because I, I enjoy watching him uh, do all the crazy stunts and everything. And he seems like a good enough guy. I mean, when he was on my show, he was professional. He was easy to work with. And uh, that's all I ask is just be respectful, professional, and easy to work with. That he was. And like I said, I hope he doesn't ever hurt himself. But I do enjoy watching his videos. It's, I think the last one I saw, 200,000 views on Facebook alone. Yeah, and, and so, good for him. It splits opinion, doesn't it? But there we go. There we go, man. Right, fast forward again now. Now, you're well known for your match with Braun Strowman on Raw. So how did that come about, getting booked on, on Raw for that show? Well, when you're an extra talent, man, like on AEW or WWE or any other, you know, TV wrestling show, it's you're, you're there because most of the people know somebody that works at WWE or wrestles for WWE or AEW or whatever. So a lot of people get these spots because they know somebody. It's, you know, like any other job, right? Like, oh, hey, my buddy, he can come help for the day, you know? Yeah. And, um, so just a referee buddy of mine, or he still works there to this day. He, um, he got me booked as an extra and I'm there and. Arn Anderson's like, all right, one of you guys are going to wrestle Strowman. Whoever throws the best punch uh, is going to get the spot. And he pulls me over and he goes, all right, you're the smallest guy, so we're gonna, let me see you throw a punch. And I threw the punch. And, man, it was like the coolest compliment I'd gotten up to that point. Arn Anderson goes, I don't need to see anybody else. You get the spot. <laughs> I'm like, what? wow. And um, so I get in the ring and he tells Strowman, he's like, this kid throws a really nice punch. And we had to, I had to hit Strowman twice in the match. Yeah. So yeah, had me practicing on him, and I was dude. I felt so comfortable in there, like at that first day. Like uh, I don't know, I just was so psyched and so like because I, I didn't think anything of it other than oh, this is cool. I get to have one WWE match in my life. It's a fun story to tell my kids. Not really a big deal. I know 
I'm not getting at that point. I didn't think I was ever going to get signed. You know, I just know I was lucky enough to get the spot and have a little bit of fun and, you know, and be on TV once. That's, that's, that was my mindset. <laughs> right. You became synonymous with the quote. I want you to, James, I want you to do the quote for the listeners and the viewers. Oh, yeah. Any man with two hands has a fighting chance. (laughs) It's a quote quote I thought of that day because back to me hitting him twice, I knew I was hitting him twice. And um, I was given a promo. Basically, uh, the promo was my last words before Strowman kills me. And I read through the promo, and I remember asking Jimmy Jacobs, who was the writer, I said, can I say uh, any man with two hands has a fighting chance? Can I add that to this? Which is very ballsy of me to ask somebody at WWE if I could add a line to a promo when I don't, you know, I didn't work there yet. <laughs> and um, he said, oh, yeah, it's a great line. Go ahead and say it. Didn't think anything of it. And then, man, now I'll be at Walmart or Target and people will come up and get pictures with me and say that line, like, every time. It's really, really cool. Any Anything can happen, can't it? Anything can, you know, light, light something. Just one, one quote like that. And it got your book, man, for, for a long, long time there, didn't it? Yeah, Vince right away, you know, when I got to the back, was like, hey, man, I'm going to be in touch with you. I'm probably going to hire you. And I thought he was kidding. I yeah. really, and, and he did. He kept his word. He hired me. And I, I had two, you know, if you had all the time up, I had two good years there. And it was a lot of fun. What were your dealings like with Vince? You know, he's, I, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Vince McMahon. I think he's hilarious. Um, he was always nice to me, you know, anytime we had like a talk. Um, never said a bad word to me, always told me good job, uh, you know, like, I, you know, I, the whole time I was there, I felt like I was doing a good job because he would always tell me good job, and um, if I didn't do a good job and he thought I didn't do a good job, I would hope he would have told me, you know, and maybe I could have been there longer, but that's, you know, it's, it, I, it, you know, the average guy there is 6'2", 220, I'm 5'8", 170, so I can kind of feel like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's hard for a guy my stature to stay there, but, um, Nah, he was always just fun to talk to, fun to be around, fun to learn from. I, you know, he gave me my dream. He, he changed my life forever. And I, you know, I, you know, he's not a, he's not a perfect person. I'm not a perfect person. Nobody watching that is, watching this is. But um, you know, he was good to me. I, I can say that. That's cool. That's refreshing. That's refreshing to hear that about Vince. It was all, it was all good. You know, sometimes when I've had people on, they've said about there's negativity, but it's yeah, it, I. I I can't be negative, man. I don't. I, I try not to be negative at all. I'm, I'm you know, I, sometimes I, you know, I, I'm not positive all the time, but I tried most of the time mm-hmm. to be positive. And to me, man, that guy, Vince McMahon, flew me around the world on his dime. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I got to see the world because yeah. of this guy. And like he, he, I have more. You know, like I'm very well off because of this guy. Like and I, I that's the way I look at it, uh, and I that's what I take from it. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And like you say, you've made some made some money out of it as well for your family. That's uh, I like. That's good. Good answer. Good answer, man. It's that age-old question that we all ponder: Is wrestling fixed? This is Bill Apter, and my answer to that is: I didn't know it was broken. So many of you know me from my days back at the classic wrestling magazines, and a lot of you from OneWrestling.com and OneWrestlingVideo.com. But I always get questions about various things I've did through the years to propel my career to where it is today as the world's most recognizable journalist in pro wrestling. What was my relationship with the McMahons? 
Was I the guy who started that feud between the actor, comedian Andy Kaufman and Jerry the King Lawler? What is Ric Flair really like? Who are my favorites? Well, all this and more answered in my book that you can get online or at your favorite book dealer called Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken. It's a great read, got great views, and hopefully you'll be picking it up soon too. So the answer to Is Wrestling Fixed? You know it now. I didn't know it was broken. This is Bill Apter, and I'll see you at the matches. GTG, often imitated but never duplicated. Kind of broad at the shoulder, narrowed at the hip. No other promotion. Give us any lip. We the best of the best. The beast of the east. SOS. Simply out of sight. GTG. What he said, good times go to you. How was it working, AJ Styles? I bet you've been asked this many, many times, but I, I want to ask it. Um, AJ is the best in-ring performer in the world, I think. Like him and Randy Orton. I think Randy Orton's the most consistent performer the last you know century and a half but like or decade and a half I mean but like AJ is the best in-ring performer in the world I I hold that against anybody in my humble opinion he's a great guy always takes care of you um I couldn't ask for a better guy to work with at WWE than AJ style I was very lucky and fortunate that I got to work with him as much as I did that's cool man what was it like taking the styles clash I mean, yeah, like, it's it's weird because I've taken that move 29 times. And, you know, I took it a bunch on the indies, not from him, but from people. That one time I messed it up, it was just I was nervous wrestling the world champion. Didn't know I was wrestling the world champion to that day. And, you know, like, you're, you're, you're trained to tuck your chin and all that. And then one time I didn't do it. But then, like, he gave it to me off the steps uh, on SmackDown, off the steel steps onto the floor. I remember that just a ball buster. I was like, ah, <laughs> but it's it's actually a very safe, easy move to take. How did it feel going over on him? Um, well, you know, I for me, it did wonders for me uh, and and my character and my career. Um, you know, I I do wrestling as a show, and it, and and you know, that's what we're doing, and and what what it went with the story we were trying to tell. And you know, I never in my life thought I was going to pin the world champion the wwe champion like that so the five-year-old kid in me is like wow i just pinned the wwe champion the main event on television like that was very cool you know for the five-year-old in me to go wow i just did that you know yeah my bro was nice man just uh that they, they allowed you to go over it's cool right just moving on to obviously we know him as dean moxley john moxley sorry dean ambrose yeah i'm gonna segue into dean ambrose john moxley now how how was that? How how was your dealings with him in WWE? Oh, great. I, I hate to put everybody over and say everybody's nice, but now nah, he was again just another great talent, fun to be around, fun to work with. We did a couple of car rides together. He always would give me some very good advice. Um, you know, he actually took. <laughs> actually had a nice talk to me about doing my taxes one time and how I should do them. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's a quiet guy. He's he's to himself, but he's yeah. a fun fun guy to talk to and be around. And I hope to get to work with him again someday. I had a lot. I had a great time working with him. And I thought they cut the legs off of him and I being together too quickly. I thought we were like yeah. such an odd odd couple. Yeah. Both like both of the characters were crazy. He was badass crazy, and I was crazy stupid. You know what I mean? And it was like a good. It was a 
two uh, car crashes and one garage, basically. And I, I thought you could have got six more months out of him and I being together. I really, really thought. Maybe it's wishful thinking on my end, but I really thought we had something very fun going. But that's, that's cool that you think like, man. You know, the, 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 the feud had legs further. It's nature of the beast, I think, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Sometimes they just they, they cut things all the time, don't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. The business doesn't know you anything, you know. it's uh, you got to roll with the punches. After working the programs with AJ and obviously Dean, you then went on to work with Carmella. How was it with Carmella? So the main thing I always tell everybody about Carmella is she is one of the smartest people I ever got to work with. She's just a smart girl, good business sense. Um, you know, fairly still to this day, if you ask me, new to wrestling. I've mm-hmm. maybe been in wrestling five, six years, you know, just still very new to wrestling. But she always dresses nice. She always looks good for television. And, and she was great to work with. We had a lot of fun. We, uh, you know, just feed on house shows and goofing around. And, uh, you know, that Money in the Bank thing we did will be remembered forever, I think. Like, that will be something that everybody like 20 years from now remember the first women's money in the bank ladder match when ellsworth grabbed the briefcase and just gave it to carmella and they they redid it a couple of weeks on smackdown which was always planned by the way okay and um you know and yeah man she's awesome i she hasn't been getting used here that as much and i I hope she does because i love watching her i still talk to her and still you know stay connected with her and um you know she's just an outstanding person just to go on to it's not my experience, but I was out at WrestleMania. Uh, probably would have been four years ago now. And my friend was at the hotel where you guys were all staying. And uh, he said she's the loveliest. He's met a lot of the divas I have. He said Carmella's the nicest one of all. Oh, that, she's that's, sweet. That's what, buddy, that's what my buddy said, like, you know, from a fan perspective. So that's cool. Absolutely. That's cool, man. Also, forget the wrestling, the vignettes you guys did together as well. When they're yeah, man. Picking, picking out clothes for you, I remember I remember that one fondly. Um, yeah, so just your experience doing the vignettes with Carmella. Oh, man, like me, I, I'm an idea guy. Like, I just like to pitch ideas. And I think I uh, pitched too many ideas at WWE. I probably got all their nerves because I cared so much about what I was doing and what Carmella and I were doing. Like, I would always pitch. I don't care, like... You know, if they use one idea of yours, like you're, you're so happy to see your idea come to life on TV. And um, but when we do those vignettes, well, what I what if I wear this? What if I say this? What if I, you know, and I'm probably getting on the I don't know. But with her and I, we had fun doing those, and uh, we always just had fun, man. We were we were having a good time. And again, you know, maybe it's wishful thinking. I th- I think they cut the legs out of that too early. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which I yeah. I left the company and then they brought me back and put me right back with Carmella. So they kind of proved the theory there that they did cut the legs off too early because they brought me back and put me with her again for a couple of months. So I think everything they gave you there, fan perspective now, you, you ran with it. And like you say, I, I agree with you. It could have, it could have gone further. Definitely. I think every, yeah. every opportunity they gave you fan perspective, you know, fair play to you, man. Yeah, man, uh, you know, and I never went through NXT or training the Performance Center, and they got time and money invested in those guys that have been through there. And, you know, maybe, like, that they're, you know, that. with that being said, that's the guys that they want on TV because they have so much time and money um, 
invest in those people. It's just a theory of mine, but um, like yeah, anything, that, dude. Any, I really feel like I'm confident in my abilities. That if I'm given anything to do, I'll just have fun with it, make it work. I will do anything that's needed to do to make it work and get it over and make it a positive experience for the fans. That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, any any guys within WWE at the time that you would have liked to have worked with that you didn't get the chance to work with? That was going to be the next one. Um, you know, I like there was a bunch of them. Um, I really felt like Braun Strowman and I should have had another match. Like it was really cool how they like I did the match um, with Braun, and then at the Survivor Series, I helped eliminate him. From uh, that, uh, the Survivor Series match, and then at the Royal Rumble, a couple months later, we revisited, and he eliminated me from the Royal Rumble. And I was like, man, they really should do something with like I, I felt like, and I I didn't pitch it. I I should have. They should have did something with Strowman and I that WrestleMania. I mean, I I love that I got to be on WrestleMania, and walk out with Carmella, but they had the Andre Battle Royal. Why not do something funny with him and I there? Like, I I really thought they should have did one more match with him, and maybe they will in the future. Like, you never know with WWE. But so him, that's number one. I would love to uh, revisit that. Um, you know, like as far as who I didn't get to work with that I really would have liked to. It, it's hard to say because there's so many. Um, Chris Jericho, um, when he was there, I would have loved to work him in a match. If they were talking about matches, I mean, I got to be in the ring with him and he put me on the list, which the list was the hottest thing at the time. So that was really cool. But, um, he comes to mind, uh, you know, there's so many, I, I like to work with anybody, man. Like it, it, it try to make the, uh, you know, what we're doing work and, and make it interesting for people. Who else, who else there do you think's got the potential um, who maybe hasn't quite got to the upper echelon of the card? Who, who are your guys we should be looking out for, in your opinion? Um, well, I'll go girl and guy. Girl, yeah. Liv Morgan. Mm-hmm. Liv Morgan has the look, the talent, um, athleticism. Um, I, I think she's uh, you know, going to be something special if they run with her. Um, I mean, I don't think it's any secret that Matt Riddle is going to be a big star. Um he, he's definitely the guy that I think is going to be like the next. Just he's he's going to surprise people, man. Like he's he's be, he's going to be on SmackDown. I think starting this week, he's going to do really well. Shotzi Blackheart, yeah, um, started Quick. with the company. Um, I think she's going to be a huge star in the women's division. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's any secret that Angel Garza is on his way. Um, I think he's going to be a huge star. But like, yeah, Liv Morgan, they. You know, she's been there for a couple of years. They need to get the ball rolling with her. I, I think she's a good talent, um, has, you know, what it takes to be a star. So we'll see what happens. That's cool. Do you manage to watch much wrestling? Obviously, I know we haven't got much wrestling. Do you get, do you get time, time to watch? I know you've got the family and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I try to keep up on everything. I watch, you know, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, like the, you know, the basic shows that come on your basic cable. <laughs> and uh, so I, you know, it's hard to watch without fans in the crowd. I know I know they have like wrestlers in the crowd, but it's not the same. It, it, it's not real reactions. It's not real emotion coming out of the audience. And I miss that, man. The fans are the most important thing about wrestling. And uh, I love wrestling fans, man. You know, not the uh, loud minority on the internet that are, are trying to troll and, and, and stuff like that. I, it's, it's the uh, silent majority of wrestling fans that are great, just passionate, the most passionate fans of the world are wrestling fans. And I miss them 
being on the show, and yeah, I can't man. wait till they come back. That's that's your that's your bread and butter in it, the fans. Absolutely. At the end of the day, man. Uh, what well, um, in relation to AEW? Uh, which guys? Which guys you liking over there? Who's yeah? Who's who's the guys you like to watch, man? Um, well, yeah, we'll go like the new. I'll talk about the newer guys because obviously Jericho and Moxley yeah. and and, all, and you know, but um, newer guys that I got my eye on that I think are going to become stars. Obviously, number one's MJF. That's no surprise. He's he's man. He's old school with a new, a new school mix to me. He, he can talk. He looks great. He, he plays his character very well. He, he's going to be a huge wrestling star. Um, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford together. Super team. Super bad. I love them together. Um, it, it, it just, you know, like, it looks like the prom king and the prom queen, like, or something, you know, it just, they, they look great together. He's an amazing talent. She looks like a star. Um, so, you know, them two, Darby Allen, again, no surprise. I Incredible. think he's going to be, yeah, I think he's going to be a, a big star. So just, yep. Those, those four, uh, I would say MJF, Darby Allen, Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford, for sure. I, I know he was established at Ring of Honor. I'm surprised, actually, in Ring of Honor that they didn't put the TV title on him. He, he was always close, but yet so far, I've liked him for many years. Hangman Adam Page for me. Oh yeah, yeah, Incred- he's very good. incredible. That guy. Um, I know they've obviously thrust him into the title picture and the tag belts there, but Ring of Honor, Mister Trick, not putting a title on him. I thought, but I, well, you know, he's been, he's been an outstanding talent for a while, but. You know, you you could be really good in the ring, but not find that something that separates you from the rest of the pack that makes you as a character, a wrestling character, interesting. And now with this hold my beer thing and doing cool, like that's his something that he was missing. Even when AEW first started and he was like wrestling Jericho for the title, I'm like, man, this guy's missing something. This guy's missing something. This gimmick that he has now, that's the something he was missing. And now the world is his. Now he's going to be an incredible star. It, like that, because, you know, most people can relate to that. Oh, hold my beer. I'll show you how to do it. And that's his gimmick. It's so good. Like the fight scene he had with um, Jake Hager at uh, at the last pay-per-view when they were at the bar and he, they sat the drinks down and fight. That was awesome, man. So good for him that he found his something. I'm glad he did. Cool. It's just it's it's going back to it as a whole. It's just it's a good it's a good alternative. I've heard bad and bad and good as you say. The wrestling community, there's a lot of people slating it, but they're doing a good job, aren't they? Oh yeah, man. It's I mean, I, I like anything new is good. Um, any kind of wrestling on TV is good. It's good for the business. It's good for you know the fans. It's good for the wrestlers to have more opportunities to make a living doing what they love to do. Um, so. You know, it's it, not everyone's going to agree on everything. Not everyone, are, we're not all going to like the same things. Or you know, I, there's things about WWE I love. There's things about WWE I don't like so much. Same thing with AEW or any other wrestling fed. And and that's with you know, that's with any movie you watch or any TV show. You know, it's it's um, you know, it's just based on opinion and uh, what you like. That's all. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah, just I, I, I come away, I come away from it these days when people start mouthing. I just, I just don't bother. I don't bother. Years Most of ago, the time, they have no clue what they're talking about. I used to get irate. Now I just let them carry on. Oh, I, I don't pay any mind to it. I was 
you know, fortunate enough to, you know, be born and still have this day thick skin and not care. I'm like, these people don't know me. They don't know about any situation I've been in next. <laughs> don't bother me at all. So, what, what tips have you got for guys that are getting into the business um, and training and things of that nature? What be James Ellsworth's tips for young, young guys wanting to get into wrestling? Go learn your craft. Find a wrestler school with someone who has made it, that's running the school, who has done this for a living, who can teach you the, be- the proper way of doing it and teach you how to get to the level you want to get to. Like a lot of people, they go to wrestling schools where the, the trainers haven't been anywhere or done anything, and they, you know, winds up being the same for them. Not everybody. There, there are exceptions to the rule, but they, most of the time, man, it, again, it goes back to who you know and, you know, like – if you went to the Dully School, there's been a lot of people that went to Dully School, Booker T's School, um, just to name a few that have made it big, and or even Mr. Hughes. You remember Mr. Hughes? He I, brought, do. He, I do very he's, well. He's trained like Apollo Crews and he Slater, and uh, just to name a couple of guys. Like, and, and he was a guy that made it in business. So you're really – that's all I tell people, get in. Find someone who has done this at the big level. You know, and if you can do that, and you can do that, they're all over the country. You know, like even Brian Kendrick runs a school. Like you, you can find a man, and or and you can learn from the best. Is what I'm saying. I had uh, Pillman Junior on a few months ago. Uh, he he came out of Lance Storm School, so he was he was hot. Obviously, you you always hear great stuff about Lance's school too, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I hope Pillman Jr. gets signed somewhere quickly. He's a great kid. I've been around him a few times, uh, and he, he looks just like his dad to me, man. He's in good <laughs> yeah, he's in good shape. He's a fun, positive kid. I hope somebody signs him soon. I don't know why. I, I really don't know why anybody hasn't yet, like, honestly. The best, the best stuff with him, I know with MLW, obviously, um, when, when the, the, Heart, the new Heart Foundation were heels, and you were seeing the sinister side of him. But I think when they went face with the faction coming up against MGF and the dynasty, uh, I don't think it, it, they were better as heels, I felt. It sounds like i got to check MLW out. I haven't seen much of it. You know, like I said, whatever comes on, you know, at a set time on a set channel is what I watch. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that sounds really cool. I'll check that out. It's, uh, I, I don't know if you, you probably heard of him, Mance, Mance Warner. Who's that? Mance Warner and MLW. Okay, yeah. He's got it. it it's not. He's quite extreme in the ring. I'm not a big extreme fan, but it's it's his character and and the verbal side of him. Mm. He just oozes charisma. Well, I'll tell you a guy who you got to keep your eye on is Karrion Cross with Scarlet. Uh, <laughs> Scarlet. Scarlet is a mix between Luna Vachon and Sable. Yeah, like, it's like and and Karrion Cross has a look facial expressions the way he ah dude he's he's a future world champion i guarantee you right now on this podcast he is a future world champion what what a way to put him in james straight in there with champa no oh, yeah and incredible in what a, uh, what a way to start jump starting i don't think he'll be at nxt too long i think they're gonna pull him but he's made for tv man him and scarlet Boat. so i that's cool i think he's gonna be a huge star I want to go back to the early days when you're watching it. It was a question I wanted to ask. Which matches 
stood out for you when you when you were a kid? Which matches, when you look back, have stood the uh, test of time and you liked? Shawn Michaels against Bret Hart, the Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12. was my favorite, personal favorite match ever. When the one, two, three kid upset Razor Moon on Monday Night Raw, I absolutely love that. Uh, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart from WrestleMania 10. Uh, always, you know, I would watch that match a lot as a kid. So those three, those would be my top three. What, what about Bret and Perfect? Oh, always fun. King of the Ring, 93. Yeah. SummerSlam, 91. Like, uh, incredible matches. Incredible. And, and the fact that, like, you know, Perfect wasn't in the best shape, was he? In 93, the back injury. Yeah, and he put on a clinic with uh, Brett and the King of the Ring. Oh, amazing. You wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have known he was hit. Man, well, a lot of wrestlers are tough, man. Like, like there's a lot of times where you don't know that a wrestler's hurt and he just keeps going. That, that's just the wrestler. That's old school mentality wrestler's way. And that's what Mr. Perfect was, Kurt Henning. What about pay-per-views, James? Which one stood out as when you were younger, maybe? Um, I mean, obviously, like the Royal Rumble, like, dude, when I got to be in the Royal Rumble, I was like being a fan again, because I loved the Royal Rumble when I was a kid. It was the coolest, you know, pay-per-view to me. So I remember when I got to be in it, I was like, this is amazing. I'm at my favorite pay-per-view. And yeah, this is always a fun concept. You know, the winner gets to to wrestle for the title at WrestleMania, and you don't know who's coming out next. ah, It's just the best pay-per-view out of them all still to this day. That's cool, man. That's cool. Right, James. I want you to plug all your social media, where we can get merchandise. Yeah, obviously, I'd say plug plug some shows that are coming up, but I don't know how the land lies with shows over there. If you're well, yeah, I'll be um, I'll actually be in Tennessee wrestling Friday and Saturday, um, for uh, USA Pro Wrestling. Uh, it's an old school fed there in Tennessee. They're running for because Tennessee's open. It's one of like four or five states here in the states that are open. So. I'll be going there to wrestle this weekend. Check them out, USA Pro Wrestling on Facebook. And then um, if you want to check me out on social media, it's at Real Ellsworth on Twitter and at James Ellsworth Wrestling on Instagram. And I sell merchandise on Instagram all the time if you want to purchase anything. That's cool. That's good. Good plug-in. Good plug-in. I like that. My guest on Stu's Wrestling Podcast this evening, this afternoon in Baltimore, Mr. James Ellsworth. Thank you very much for sparing the time, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. See you soon. A big thank you to Stephen Ash and Ed Dowling for producing the track. It's Stu's Wrestling Podcast, The Theme. So thank you very much for that, lads. Much appreciated. Love it. It fits really well, so cheers. Thanks to you. Big thank you to Mike Angus for the show intro, as always. Superb, superb. Chris Dutton, thank you very much for editing once again. Appreciate it, buddy. And also to Lee, who does my website. Lee puts the stuff up on the website. Without you guys, I'd be screwed. So once again, as always, appreciate everything you do for me and the time you spend doing the things you do for me. It means a lot, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network.